Okay. Welcome to a podcast by Deity Animal Rescue. We are going to introduce you to our guest today. She is a lifelong animal welfare advocate and dog mom. She adopted her first dog from Deity Animal Rescue in 2018 and has been a rescue sister ever since. She joined the team and has filled the roles of board member and foster director while maintaining her skyrocketing career as an executive personal assistant. Hannah has fostered 26 deity dogs since meeting us and has adopted four and um, also a long foster in that one. Um, this includes her soulmate dog, Oliver Prince, a senior chihuahua from East Valley Animal Shelter. We're excited to talk to Hannah about how to incorporate animal welfare into your life in a significant and impactful way while still having a career and other life goals. Wow. Welcome, Hannah Stratter. Stratter. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my God, I've known you for how long? I don't know how to say my last no, name. No, we do. We do. I actually just do it all different ways than my phone tells okay. me, which is it's right. Okay. It's German. It probably should be pronounced Stratter if, if we're being. Anyway. Okay. Well, Thank introduce you. your dogs and then everyone will know when we talk about them. So. I, like Lindsay said, I adopted my dog Oliver in 2018. Unfortunately, he left us for the Rainbow Bridge last year, uh, November 2022. Um, but I still have Miss Penelope Lane, who I adopted from Deity um, about like a little over a month after I brought Oliver home. Um, Penny is probably about six-ish next month. Um, <clears throat> and then Margot over here, she was a foster of mine in 2020, and I mean, I couldn't let her go. So it was about one day until I said, all right, you're staying with us. COVID adoption. Yeah, she was a COVID adoption. So she was May 2020. Um, my sweet Josephine, I wouldn't necessarily call her a foster fail. I saw her at the shelter and was like, this is my dog, and her name's going to be Josephine, and um, <laughs> she's coming home with me. And so it's a very long story of how we, we got to where we're at, but... Um, I've had Josephine since August 2022. And then this is my sweet Jude, who I could talk about all day long. He um, He's a foster, but I've had him since November 2022. He actually um, came into my life shortly after Oliver passed away. And what do you think, Jude? Are you home? <laughs> is the, are we getting it on camera that he's home? Just wondering. Should we take him off the adoptable dog list? Jude has been on the adoptable dog list for almost a year. Fostered Jude? by Hannah. He is a peculiar fellow Me and too. could be a little grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> you're, in, you're, you're in a good mood right now, right? You happy? Okay. <laughs> okay. That was an interesting rescue story, though, because I remember that like it was yesterday. Hannah sends a text with a picture of Jude's intake photo to the shelter, and she's like, I think I need to go get him. <laughs> I remember the night that Hannah sent us a screenshot of senior boy, senior chihuahua. Sweet senior chihuahua, that's what it said. <laughs> He's being sweet right now. Who was on his final days of being able to be at the shelter, let's just say. And Hannah side texted me. I don't know that you know this. I did. <laughs> and well, it said. Well, why was it? Because my response was that 
we need a senior chihuahua like we need a hold in our head. Exactly. <laughs> so the side text went something like, I don't know, Ellen, it's just something. I feel like I need to go get him or he's going to die. And I feel like he's got, you know, Oliver vibes and yeah. I, I, I just need him. Do you think now knowing him that he has Oliver vibes? <laughs> No. <laughs> um, I mean, parts of him, sure. But, like, Oliver was such a unique dog. I think mainly it was... It was... Hey, hey! No. It was, um, you know, they're they're the same color. They're both old men. They were both at this... They're from the same shelter. Um, he got put on the blue list the same day that Oliver died. So I just, like, felt like all these things were like, oh, my God, like, this dog. There's just something about this dog that, like... I felt then, and I still feel now that Oliver um, sent him to me, right? Aww. Excuse me? Well, you've said that twice now. Like, you've seen these dogs at a shelter who have something. And if anyone looks around, they can kind of see you do like the seniors, you like the <laughs> older ones, like perhaps the they have an attitude. <laughs> what is it about those dogs that pull you in? Um. I honestly don't know. And someone, actually many people have kind of not necessarily asked me the same question, but they've said to me, like, it it makes me, like, so angry. And I don't think these people are doing it to be, like, malicious or mean or, or nasty or, you know, whatever. I just think they don't understand. But and it makes me cry. And I'm already, like, feeling just, like, so just like all over the place today. So like, I will cry when I say this, but people say to me, why a senior dog? Because they're just gonna die. Why oh. does he cry? Oh. Sorry, it just, it makes me so mad. But you think about that and you're like, like, why go to your grandparents' house? They're just gonna die. Like, it's just so oh, insane. That's a really good point. Yeah. And then you think about that too and it's like well what's the alternative <laughs> that's true Just i actually so remember sad. when you were totally in love with josephine and you were really set on taking her home someone did send a message that insinuated like what is the point they said that dog is fixing to die they wrote that on a video of her and i was like that is one of the most heinous things you could ever say <laughs> who says that like, if I posted a photo of my grandma and someone wrote on there, hey, your grandma's fixing to die, I'm, like, I'm going to kill you. That Who says that? Horrid. What is wrong with people? And so it is. It's something where I just – and it, it's not like a like a savior thing where you're, oh, I have to save this dog. I'm the one that's going to bring this dog. But it's just – no, that, that that dog is a, is a, a living, breathing thing, and it's just not fair. It's, it just – so I think that's part of it. Um. Also, I have four dogs, and so, like, I can't – I'm not, like, a puppy person. Sure. Puppies are so much work. So I can't have, like, you know, the dogs I already have and then, like, bring home a, a puppy. Um, I, I work a, approximately uh, 8,000 hours a week. So um, I can't – I don't have, like, the time to be, you know, worrying about training a dog or having a dog that's going to be barking all day or whatever. And um, – generally speaking senior dogs are like they're pretty mellow they just want to hang out they just want to lay on the couch which is like my favorite thing to do um so i think like all of that uh, to be said i the the biggest thing for me is like 
it's almost like it's the principle of it like that sure. we're not we're not going to leave a dog in a shelter to die just because they're old we're going to bring them home we're going to show them like what it means to be part of a family and and be loved and be taken care of and everything and like if you have that dog for two weeks you have that dog for two weeks and that was the best two weeks of that dog's life and like how amazing that you were able to give them that gift i just I don't know. I get really angry. I about sense it. that. I sense <laughs> it just drives me insane. Why would you do that? The dog is old. Okay, I will run you over with a car if you ask me that. Well, would you God. say that Miss Old Josephine has had a life since you've rescued her? Oh my her? gosh, she has this dog that we always see on our walks. She's obsessed with. It's a purebred French bulldog. And Josephine, the shelter thought she was 15. I honestly don't know how old she is. She's not 15. If that was a year ago. So she'd be 16 now. She's not 16. Yeah. I, I honestly don't know how old I think she is. 12, She 13, could go either way. If you told me she two, was six, I'd be like, yeah. Maybe <laughs> just a puppy. Yeah. But, and she kind of like, this is kind of her thing, but she sees this dog on her walks. It makes me laugh so hard. She is obsessed with him. The second she sees him, she will come like, like run to him. And then she plays with him. She'll sniff him. She'll like do that thing where dogs like kind of do that. And then she'll play bow. She'll like spin in circles. It's hysterical. And I'm just like, this is the same dog who was in the medical room at the shelter in a cage. And she had like a little ramekin of wet dog food that had flies buzzing around it. Uh. And like, and she had newspaper at like lining the bottom of her cage and like look at her now yeah yeah but you're right though i i mean she's not a dog whose meter moves very easily no she's kind of just very calm and mellow so the fact that she has like a special friend is so cute margo's like and it's time to talk about me yeah, yeah. well we'll get to you later but i actually have a question about something you just said you said that you work approximately 8,000 hours of, a week, which yes. I think is probably true. Granted, it's not possible, but it is true. Somehow it is. Somehow it feels true. <laughs> and so I want to know how, even with the busy schedule that you have, and you always have, you're like a very career-oriented person, how have you made animal welfare still such an important part of your life? Like, how do you find the time? How do you find caring? I just know that a lot of people are like, oh, I wish I could help, but I have a full-time job or I already have a dog at home or whatever. Like, what is it that makes you feel like you can still make an impact even while pursuing your other goals? I think it's funny because I, my phone's going off. I'm like, who is calling me? It's MASH, like the, the, vet. Vet, the vet is calling me. Um, I think... First and foremost, it has to be like something that you want. Like it's like exercising. If it's really for anyone, it's really difficult to fit it into your day to get up and put the clothes on and leave the house and go work out. But if you want to exercise, you're going to do it. So the same sort of thinking can be applied. I mean, really to anything. But like if you like apply it to this and like kind of su supporting animal welfare and believing in in the the cause of saving animals and and rescuing dogs and finding homes for them and everything it it doesn't have to be you know grassroots feet on the ground marching outside of the mayor's office to demand what like it doesn't have to be that it can be whatever you want it to be it can be it can play to your strengths i mean like back in in 2018 when i adopted oliver i really you know i, I the everything about deity and about you two really resonated with me and it was um something that kind of like you just both pulled me in and so i couldn't figure out at the time where i sort of wanted to like help and how i could help because at the time i had 
two dogs. I didn't really, I, I didn't want to foster at the time. I couldn't. Um, and I knew, you know, I had a full-time job and it was very demanding at the time. This was pre-COVID, so there wasn't really a whole working from home thing, but I still wanted to figure out a way to help you guys. And so I kind of looked through, you know, what are my strengths? And um, as Lindsay mentioned, I'm an executive personal assistant. And so I have um, a lot of experience in kind of organizing myself, keeping other people organized events, you know, dealing with um, other companies and and networking and that sort of thing. And so um, I came to you guys and said, like, let me help you out with events. Let me help you get, um, you know, items for events. We can have other companies donate to Deity and use those items for our dogs instead of having to use, you know, money that um, people donated for um, supplies and things like that. Let's get companies to donate. And so I was able to kind of make myself useful in that way because I knew I was going to be able to do that. I was very well versed in in the language that needed to be used and, you know, marketing materials we needed and things like that for the events and for decks, for partners. And so that because I already know how to do those things, it wasn't as difficult to incorporate that into my life and make the extra time for that. Um, but like now, you know, it is it's post COVID. So my the world is a little bit more flexible in terms of where you're working. And my current job is a lot more flexible in kind of I'm I don't go into an office every day and I'm kind of I'm not kind of very much all over the place as a human. And so it just honestly, like you just make it work. You know, you just you figure out a way to make it work. It's like if you're a mom or a dad and you have kids and, you know, I it's like if you when you you have hobbies and you want to on the weekends, you want to knit and go to a craft fair and like sell your knitted items or whatever. You can just you can put dog like put dogs and animal welfare and whatever into that same thing. I just I think people conflate it, and make it this giant thing. And it doesn't need to be that. It's just it's it can just be very simple and easy. And like dogs are amazing. What can I do to help? Re- I tell people all the time, repost a dog on your Instagram story. It's that easy. Yeah. And foster yeah. dogs. But really, if you can foster, just foster, please. So right, it's, it's like a mental shift on what you prioritize in mm-hmm. life and then finding your niche and how you can help because mm-hmm. that's exactly what you did. You came to us and you said, you guys, like, let's le- let me leverage these contacts and these things that I already do in real life for you guys. And I remember that first holiday when you came in and you ran this silent auction, you got, you know, you reached out to so many companies and all of a sudden all this stuff appeared (laughs) in our space. And you just, I mean, you went with it. You got on lives, you, it was unbelievable. And I remember like thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. that otherwise we would not have had for the, for the dogs you brought in and it took, yeah, a little elbow grease and time on your end, but like it was a huge benefit for us. And then at some point you're like, let me put together the foster program. Can you talk a little bit about like your thought process around that, how you did that, how you came to uh, land on what has become the Deity Foster Program? Yes. So um, I think the biggest thing that I backing up, you know, over a decade, um, I, I was born in Los Angeles. I grew up in Wisconsin. I lived out there for 15 years. We moved there when I was six from my dad's job. 
So um, when I lived in Wisconsin, um, I was probably like 19, I think. Um, and I was living at home and I was going to beauty school. And it was sort of that same thing where I've always really loved animals, but dogs especially. And so I said to my mom, you know, I, I have been hearing about this fostering thing. We have the space in our home. Um, at the time we had my dog, Molly, who was totally dog friendly as long as like she still had your attention and we had like two cats. And so I was like, let's foster. And my mom, okay, you know, like I was pretty much just gonna do it regardless. I wasn't really gonna let her tell me no. But um, so we fostered with this organization out in Wisconsin. And the big, the first thing that I kind of noticed about it was it was very much, um, the owner of that organization was she has no frills she had like no emotion she ran that thing with an iron fist and the reason she did that is because she had been doing it for years and she learned that like you can't be hey like hey hi how are you i have a quick question can you it was hey we have these dogs coming out on transport there's 30 dogs from the south they all need a place to go which are you taking it wasn't, hey, look at all these photos. Here's a brief bio. It was like, these dogs will die. Right. In this, we, they pulled, that organization pulled dogs from the South um, from shelters who couldn't. And I don't know, you can cut this out because I, this is, it was a long time ago and I don't know, I, I might be misremembering, but I do remember my mom can vouch for this. They basically said, these shelters do not have money for euthanasia drugs. They are taking the dogs behind the shelter and shooting them. We will cut because that Because there are, wow. yeah, there are too many dogs and they can't afford to euthanize them all. And oh. so it was like, these dogs will die. They're already coming up here. There's nowhere for them to go. Who are you taking? And it was honestly like, you had to take a dog. And so you chose your dog and you got over yourself and like, you can cut this out too, but honestly, like <laughs> you gotta get over yourself. These these are dogs. They're wild animals. At the end of the day, we don't know anything about them. They, sweet senior Chihuahua Jude has bit me so many times. He's bit me in the leg, in the boob, in the arm, in the face, in the hand, everything. He is he so mean to me, so mean, and I will like cry to him, like sing him a song, and he'll bite me, and I'm like Jude, but like. He still, that doesn't mean that like, oh, well, I can't do it. Can someone else take him? No, get over yourself. You decided, this is for me personally, but like I decided that like Jude was going to be a deity dog. So he stuck with me like, and I'm stuck with him. That just is what it is. And so in that organization in Wisconsin, it was like, you got to take a dog. You signed up to be a foster. You're going to foster. You don't get to tell us no. You don't want to foster. You're done. You're off the emails. You're off the list. You're done. And so that, it sounds harsh, but I have seen the opposite and it is so stressful and so disappointing and so upsetting mm -hmm. that like, you know, I, I tried to take things from that because I was like, that is, that's legit. It sounds harsh, but like at the end of the day, we're all here to save these dogs. And we're not here to save some dogs and dogs that are potty trained only and dogs that don't bark when I leave. And I don't want to save this dog because they shed. It's we're saving all these dogs. Mm -hmm. And so backing up to your original question, very fired up. <laughs> I love that. Um, God, I just get so mad. I hate, I hate human beings so much. Um, so I kind of was noticing first and foremost that like 
what would what was happening is we would end up with dogs let's say we had three dogs and then we'd look at each other and go who should we call to foster for us and in the grand scheme of things you know every once in a while especially with like specific dogs that we knew were going to require a specific home sure that's it is what it is like that's fine but for just the sake of everyone's you know sanity and for honestly like the the safety and comfort and just security of the dogs i kind of was like well we can't do that <laughs> we have to have like how how amazing would it be if instead of that we just have a pool of fosters who every time we have dogs coming in we blast those dogs out to everyone and say who can take these dogs and you know the the fosters can all be pre-approved so it doesn't have to be okay you want to take this dog great fill out an application once you do that let me know and then we'll do a home check and, it, and it's none of that that's all done beforehand let's just like have this pool of people and then can you take a dog great um so that was like the biggest thing for me so kind of just like staying organized in that way i guess i don't, I don't even remember your original question i got too mad no you got it <laughs> that was the original question <laughs> i think that also shows how you kind of Venn diagram your life together is you have this executive personal assistant role where you have to be very organized and not iron fist, but like you're here to get shit done. And you brought that to deity. You took us from a two woman show where we were, you know, doing the best that we could and you made us a business. And thank you. <laughs> Thanks for that. Thank you. Okay, hold on. I just have to see what this says. I'm sorry. What That's time okay. was Patrick called? This part we can cut out. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry. That's okay. It's my boss. That's the only reason why I'm looking at it. Okay. Is it? Wait. Sorry. Okay. Do you, do you need a sec? Are we good? I'm good. My face just hot. Mixture of the lights and the the sickness brewing in my soul. You're dewy. It looks good. Mm. Yeah. Great. It's like a fever glow. <laughs> All right, now I'm good. Okay. Sweet seeing your chi is sleeping. Sweet, Sweet that's seeing good. your chi. That's so good. Aww. <laughs> okay, everyone, thanks so I much. That's the end. Alone. I don't know where to go next. Are you on a text or not? I can't figure it out. Sorry. The loud eye rolls will be I mean, good honestly reels <laughs> sorry hold on please please ignore ignore sorry he will land in in time might be a few late thank you for your patience okay sending just make sure the scent please send did you guys know that putting your phone in the air to be like, yeah, does nothing? Sure. Well, I mean, I assumed. <laughs> I was about to do it. And I then assumed I was like, that wouldn't actually oh. work. <laughs> Dang it. Hold on. This just needs to send, and then I'm going to be off. Okay. Please just send. What? Sorry. Do you want to go outside to do it? Will it go faster? God damn it. I'm sorry. I can get on the Wi-Fi in here. I'm sorry, you guys. This is so unprofessional. 
take the phone. She could take it on her. Sure. It just needs to, this just email just needs to send. I have like a little bit more service over here, so maybe it'll Thank you. Are you a croissant? It's so nice, but I also just assume that he doesn't feel well when he acts like this, and I feel bad. Maybe he's had a really rough week. So much has changed. He's done with his antibiotics. His pee smelled like garbage. It was so gross. It smelled like rotten fish. It's like his kidneys just weren't even doing They weren't doing anything. I feel so... so Thank you. I'm so sorry. I just was not... That was right? My bosses were supposed to be on vacation this week (laughs) in a place with no Wi-Fi. And so that's why I planned this for today. And then they canceled it. Uh, it, It's in a remote island in Brazil. Oh. How do they have Wi-Fi? They're not there anymore. They canceled it. Oh. That's why, like, that's why this is so chaotic. Oh. Because I I was supposed to have no work this week. And now I'm having, like, psychotic work. work. Regular work. I, I got it. Does that go through? Yes. Okay. Okay, I emailed him. Okay. Good. I'm a nightmare guest. You're not a nightmare. It's great. It's real. It's life. It's real. This is the balance between being in animal welfare and having a regular job. Penny Lane. It's not appropriate. We like him. Penny. She likes when he's already inside. She gets upset about people like coming in and out of doors in her home. She's the... She's a police Enough. lady. Come on. Come, Come on, on now. We have to continue. There's space for you. Come on. Can you tell us about the dog in your life that made you this way? <laughs> that made you love dogs, made you love animals, made you love the underdog? Who is oh it? Oh, my God. I don't even know. That's a, No one's ever asked me that before. Um, I honestly don't know. When, um, when I was born, my parents had three dogs. They had... So basically, um, there was a year, I think it was 1989 or 90, it may have been 90, that the Wirehair Fox Terrier won the Westminster, um, like, dog show. And my mom had never had a dog, always wanted a dog. And she watched the dog show and she was like, oh my gosh, that dog's adorable. Let's get two of them. And um, (laughs) my parents, this was a long time ago, you know, there's not there was not enough knowledge back then way more is known now to the general public i hope about um you know why you should not be going to breeders and stuff but you know my parents didn't know they were in their like early 20s and they went to a breeder and they were like yes we two two wear fox terriers please and um (laughs) they so they got one and then like two months later they got that the first one's uh cousin and so they had these two puppies. And then they also, right before I was born, got a black lab puppy. And so that was like, I was born and I was born into dogs. And um, then we had those dogs, I mean, forever. And then when um, the one of them passed away and a while later, we... I remember like we were, we were looking for a dog. We weren't sure, you know, what kind. We just knew we wanted another dog. We wanted like a, a puppy so that because, you know, at the time I was like 11 and my brother and sister are younger than I am. So we wanted a puppy and we were looking at the shelter and my mom 
you know, we were looking all the time and they're just, they didn't have what was right for our family. And then one day my mom went to the shelter, walked the kennels, didn't find anyone. And she was leaving. And this man was walking in with this little tiny puppy. And my mom started talking to him and, um, he was told her, you know, my wife is allergic to this puppy, so I have to, um, surrender it. Do you want him? And my mom was like, yeah. So she just, they, my mom talked to the shelter and asked if it was okay. Cause she was like, I don't want to do anything I'm not supposed to be doing. And they said, yeah, go for it. So, um, that was this, it's so funny because I know a purebred Rottweiler now and this dog was not a purebred Rottweiler, but, uh, that was our dog Comet. And, um, so he was the first ever shelter dog that I had. But even then, I don't think I fully kind of understood the importance of that. Um, it was around that same time that I watched this video called Meet Your Meat and decided that I was not going to contribute to, you know, being someone who thought that um, animals were there to serve the purpose of feeding me and nothing else. So um, I became very passionate about just animal rights in general. Um, but I think it wasn't until I got my dog Molly from that same shelter um, in 2006, it was on New Year's Eve, that I I really kind of grasped onto the fact that like these dogs need our help. My mom always said this to me, I thought it was so interesting, even though I don't know if it's entirely accurate. She <laughs> said, we domesticated dogs, which we did, right? Yeah. I, saw, I feel like I saw something recently that said, it, that they like did it on their own. I don't know, whatever. But she said, we domesticated dogs. We, as a society, have decided that we can't have dogs running around in the street willy-nilly. So it's our responsibility to take care of them and to treat them with kindness and to give them homes and, and you know, do these things for them. And so I that's always really resonated with me. And I, but I think, pro I assume it was probably Molly, but I don't even think I became like insanely passionate about it until I was a little bit older. Cause we got Molly when I was like 15, I think. So I don't know. I think it was just a gradual shift. And then the more that I like learned and the more that I saw of people not quite understanding the consequences of their actions, the more disappointed and honestly like disgusted I felt with humanity and you know, it's a problem that's not going to solve it, fix itself, solve itself. So I was like, I guess I have to do it for yeah. everyone. No, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. So you said earlier how you hate humans, and I get that because so much. from that perspective, there's certainly somewhere that humans went wrong. But how, I mean, like being a part of animal welfare and like seeing what's really happening at 15, how have you decided that amongst all of that like tragedy and fucked upness, you're still going to be a part of it. Like as one person and trying to teach the world. Because you know what? It's the same as, as not eating meat. Me being a vegetarian is not going to save every cow on the planet. Like that is a silly way to think, but I'm not contributing to that. I can look at, at the problem, the entire problem and look at that and say, I am one person. I'm not going to change anything but I'm not contributing to this problem. I can at least know that I am one less person who is going to be part of the senseless death of these animals. And so I suppose that can be transferred over to, you know, dogs as well. And it, 
But I think that people are a lot, people are a lot more willing to kind of accept the basic truth that you shouldn't shop for your dogs. You, you know, you should do a lot of research before you adopt a dog so that, you know, you're not bringing it back to the shelter and all of these things. And so I do feel like there's a little bit more of a willingness to sort of learn and perhaps even like change your mind in, in that space. Um, it, it is very discouraging yeah. regardless because there are still people who are so adamant about, you know, about anti-dogs from shelters, which mm-hmm. is just absolutely, it's, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. It really sucks. But I do, I do know that I, I've had conversations with people about it and I do know people who in, in the past have bought their dogs and who moving forward, I mean, unless they're just lying to me, which they very well could be, <laughs> they tell me all the time moving forward, like I, I had no idea it was like this. I'm so horrified, et cetera, et cetera. I will never do this again. Um, I don't know. My, my parents have, my mom has never done it again. Um, she's well aware of the issues of, um, the reasons why you shouldn't uh, buy a dog from a breeder. The last dog she bought from a breeder was our black lab back in like 1990, 1991. And so, you know, it's not like a great example because it's my mom, but she's, she got educated and understood like you shouldn't do that. And she said, oh my God, I will never do it again in my entire life. Yeah. So shout out to Amy Losey yep. <laughs> for raising such, I guess, woke children, angry children. Wow. <laughs> and also for being an amazing, amazing foster for us. Yeah. Yes. I mean, your entire family at this point is involved in DE yeah. either as adopters or fosters. Yep. That's cool. Yeah. And also, I'd like to add that to anybody watching this who has ever purchased a dog from a breeder. You should find a rescue that you believe in and donate a couple thousand dollars or whatever it was that you paid for that dog. That's the rule. Make a donation. That's the rule. If you're going to spend $5,000 on a dog from a pet store, please spend $5,000 on a rescue and it's tax deductible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You will say, I can't even tell you how sometimes we hear how much someone spent on a dog at a breeder or pet store. And it's like, oh, my, you have no idea what that money could do for a rescue. It's insane. Yeah. Insane. It's true. Very frustrating. Right? Jojo thinks so, yes. Yeah. I think that we should talk a little bit about Jude because he is adoptable. Yes. Because we asked Hannah if he was home forever and she didn't like say, I'll sign the contract. So <laughs> let, can you tell us about Jude? Tell us about him. Tell us about like what he would bring to a home. You know, give us a little bio about Jude. Should I be like brutally honest or should I be like <laughs> fun and, and, and uh, You could be fun and flirty while also being honest. Hmm. Be honest. What do you think, Jude Man? Jude Man's middle name is Obama because <laughs> it's a reminder to him to strive every single day to be more like Barack Obama. So to be more pleasant, calm, have more leadership skills, right? Yeah, he's doing he, good um, Jude ended up in the shelter. I... A, a lot of dogs that, you know, the shelter intake paperwork says stray, they don't do like research to make sure that's the truth. So I could literally take Jude, go to a shelter and say, I found this dog. Uh, he's running across the street. I don't know whose dog he is. Here you go. Um, so, yes, he was brought in as a stray, but that could be complete BS. Um, 
but he was brought into the shelter as a stray. Um, he was really skinny. I remember they said he had um, like nasal discharge. He was really dirty. He had really bad um, like eye crust underneath his eyes. It was like dark colored and it was like all the way down. Um, he also had really bad, really bad teeth. And so I, like Alan Lindsay said, I went and I scooped him up. This one is perfect. I said, this is a nice boy. <laughs> and and uh, I took him home. I gave him a shower. And during that shower, one of his teeth fell out. Do you remember? Do you remember that? Didn't want it. Do you remember? Doesn't remember. Um, but he... I quickly learned that um, he was a challenge. Um, he bit me all the time, all the time, all the time. He screams a lot. He um, He's like really tired right now. He screams a lot. He um, We recently learned that he's blind, right? He became blind, though, as yeah. he's become older. He's all, He always had impaired vision, um, but over the past like two or three months, it's gotten really bad, and the vet confirmed that he's blind. Um, but he's super funny. He he kind of reminds me of a cat. He's just weird. He's got a lot of weird little quirks and stuff, but he's a crack-up. He pecks at his food and at his treats. Um, he likes to sleep. He has a really special bed that we got from Disneyland for him, right? <laughs> it's a baby Grogu bed, and it has a heating pad in it. How many teeth <clears throat> does he currently have post-dental surgery? I think he... The last we actually checked, he had seven all on the bottom, but I feel like it might be less. There's not seven teeth in that Right? Mouth. I don't think there's there is. No there's, there's definitely two. Okay. But well, does it still hurt when he bites you? Yes. <laughs> it will. It doesn't like, he broke the skin fairly recently, but otherwise it just bruises really badly because it's like a pinch. He's gumming, yeah. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's pretty mean. Uh, he loves being outside. He loves being in the bath. Right? What's his ideal life? Um, living in a bat, like not living in a backyard, but having access to a backyard that's fenced in and sunny, um, that he can just walk around in all day. He bounces off the walls with his little halo, Amazing. right? Well, if that sounds like a fit for you, <laughs> you can apply to adopt Jude on our website, deityanimalrescue.org. Jude is on there as well as all of our other. Amazing adoptable dogs. And he will be on there until further notice, <laughs> until Hannah really says that he's home. I don't know. She's had a lot of opportunity. I know. He's a lovable boy. He is. Right? You just have to enjoy his quirks. Yeah. 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 That's good. Thank you for being here, Hannah. Sorry I was such a wreck. It's a hard, this animal welfare world is hard. It's true. There's a lot of disappointment, but then there's a lot of happy faces, like all of these wonderful deity dogs who yep. wouldn't have had this life without you. So. Listen, here's the thing. If you look at, at the issues in the shelters right now and you look at rescues and you think to yourself, oh my God, just what do I do? How can I help? I don't know what to do. Here are the ways you can help. Tell us. Donate money. Adopt a dog. Foster a dog. Follow them on social media. Join their newsletter. Buy a shirt from their website that has their name on it. Tell your friends about them. Tell your friends, hey, do you want to foster a dog? Adopt a dog. 
Look at this dog. Look at that dog. Share the dogs on your social media. There are infinite ways. You don't have to spend any money. You don't have to add another animal to your household. All you have to do is just talk about it, educate other people, tell people anything about anything and just care. All you got to do is care. It's not a big deal. You just got to care about it's it. It's not a big deal. You just got to care. You just got to care, I right, think Jude? That sums it up. Think about anything you care about, right? He says, I second all of that. This is closing remarks. You want to go walk? <laughs> Thank you for listening or watching a podcast by Deity Animal Rescue. You can catch us here every week with new guests and new available adoptable dogs. Um, we hope that you continue to support our journey. Oh.